I'd like to spend just a little while with you in the Word of God tonight out of the book of Acts, chapter 28. If you would please turn there. Acts 28. Brother Jim and Brother Brian told me that so far we've had nine people saved today. And uh, that's to God be the glory. Great things he's done. And uh, of course with our missionaries around the world and our staff evangelists and all of that, there's no telling how many invitations that were given today that just wasn't given here. No telling the response that was given and uh, I just rejoice in the outreach we have for our Lord. Amen. Now, this is the consummation of our missions conference this year. And on the last uh, Sunday of the month, and because next week is Easter, we've chosen to have tonight our home missions month. And, of course, uh, we could report on the buses. We could tell you about the Spanish ministry uh, strong, doing well, and uh, tell you about the Iwanas. And boy, didn't the Iwanas do good and look good? And uh, second place, that's wonderful. Amen. And uh, really, it's first place. Really, it's first place. All right. I don't mind uh, second place because, uh, you know, we'd rather be Christian and win second. Is not Christian win first, or would we? <laughs> All right. Well, we'd like to welcome all of you by way of live streaming. Boy, I tell you, I enjoyed the live stream as the ladies' conference were was going. I was studying at home and and would uh, watch it as uh, as I studied there, and I was flat impressed that the ladies did a great job. I was going to help serve. But I copped out. I told them I was sick and went home. And uh, so they was glad to get rid of me and uh, so forth and so on. Uh, take your Bible now, if you would, please. Unless you and I take a look at the last chapter of the book of Acts. And, and uh, the Apostle Paul now has arrived at Rome. He's a prisoner. And... Uh, it has a tremendous testimony. His enemies said he turned the world upside down for Christ. Without television, without cell phones, without recorders, without telephones, without the mass media, without tra- rapid transit, he turned the world, his known world, upside down. For Christ. Tonight we are at church as a direct result of the Apostle Paul's ministry and his vision and his answering God's call to the mission field. We are here this evening as a result of the Apostle Paul's ministry ministry. And I thank God for a man such as Paul. Uh, I just hate being at the judgment seat of Christ the same time he is. I hope maybe they run him through before I get there. You know what I'm talking about. And so he's arrived at Rome, verse 16. And when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was suffered To dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. Paul is chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. How would you like to be a lost Roman soldier chained to that soul winner Paul? I mean the greatest ministry. Every time he brought a new one in he's a new suspect. And Paul had went him to Christ. What a great guy Paul was. You never hear him complaining. You never hear him bragging. Probably the greatest Christian uh, that the New Testament records. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. 
for time's sake. Verse 23. And when they had pointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, a bunch of Jews, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And you complain about 45 minutes. Well, I'm sure if I talked from morning to evening, I'd have to repeat something several times. Verse 24, and some believed the things which he spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Now, some of you like that kind of sermon. One word. Because the many is not helping some folk. Well spake the Holy Ghost by the Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their lest they should hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. And when he had said these things, Words the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came into him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Our Father, tonight, in just these next few moments, help us to think tonight of our awesome responsibility to get the good news to dying, starving sinners around this world. And Lord, when we think about Brazil, there ain't much we can do about that except send missionaries and support them and pray for them. And so, Lord, tonight we're, we don't want to think so much about Brazil. But, Lord, let's think just a little while tonight about Joshua. About the folks across the street from our house. Our neighbors even maybe some folks in our house, our family. And so, Lord, tonight, I believe we each tonight who have been saved has an awesome responsibility to our family, to our friends, and to those about us, wherever we go. Help us tonight, Lord, speak. And Lord, may your people hear. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I was in my office uh, today. And I don't know where I saw this illustration But I just took a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper, and I put one black dot 
right in the middle. And as I looked at that paper, I tried real hard not to focus on that dot. But regardless of how much I tried, and regardless of how long I tried, all the white that is around that, I could not but focus on the dot. All the good, all the white, I kept coming back to focusing on one black dot. Ever tried it? What are you focusing on in your life? All the white and all the good and all the lovely and all the pure are that one black dot. You know old so-and-so, yeah, that black dot. But I know 50 so-and-sos that makes the paper white. What are you focusing on? Well, I don't like the black dot. What do you like? Isn't there something in this world we're focusing on instead of what's wrong. Well, you don't understand. No, I, I'm just telling you, I had a terrible time trying to focus on all the white. Now, the dot don't have to be very big. It don't have to be adultery. It don't have to be murder. It does not have to be homosexuality. It does not need to be. Doesn't need to be uh, same-sex marriage. And it can just be a little dot. <laughs> and sing like Baptists. On to focus. On the dot. Could I ask you something? When you read the Book of Acts, what do you expect, and what do you focus on? And what do you try to get out of the book, the book of Acts? We taught it a few months ago. I think a lot of folks, when they read the book of Acts, they try to get all wrapped up in the great miracles that is performed. They try to look at the great healings that Paul and all of his cohorts perform. You look at the, at the, at the growing church and, and you look at the, the dead actually was raised in the book of Acts. Did you know that? And if you would look at the book of Acts, you could come up with a lot of those old snake healing stories at its best. Paul was bitten by a serpent. You remember that? A deadly serpent and just shook it off and he lived. But I think when we look at the book of Acts as it was originally written, I, I think the book of Acts is about reaching the lost for the Lord Jesus. And I think if the church is not reaching the lost, she's no better than a social club. No better than a country club. No better than just coming together and socializing uh, and, and if you come to church and every once in a while, the preacher don't say something that maybe rubs you wrong. I'm not talking about skin you as some fundamentalists talk about. I'm not talking about just hanging out to dry. Uh, at least when you come to church every once in a while and you hear very much of this, it ought to rub you wrong occasionally. Now, not all the time. It ought to rub you right sometime. It ought to be encouraging. It ought to be uplifting. It ought to be uh, joyful. But bless God, you just cannot read it. But every once in a while, it gets to you. Amen. Missionary kid was given a New Testament. 
kept it a couple of days, brought it back to the missionary and said, I don't want it. And the missionary lady said, well, why? The boy said, every time I read it, it kicks me. And I'm tired of getting kicked. You know why most folk don't read the book of Acts? It, it kicks them. Shows you how apathetic we are. It shows just how we're not doing the job for God. And I just believe with all of my heart that we have an awesome responsibility. The people in the book of Acts had a really hard ministry. God sent them to preach to a people who were dull of hearing. That means they didn't hear the word of God. They just flat refused it. It was there. They could understand it. They just flat didn't want it. Kind of like some of us. Uh, We kind of like being at the dessert table, if you please. We kind of like to go to, uh, to the, uh, to the, uh, to the, uh, the, the bar where that they've got all the different stuff and we just pick out what we want and leave the rest there. Uh, people who are dull of hearing. I don't understand folk. I wouldn't have to be a very smart teenager to see one kid overdosed on drugs. To never want to take drugs. I I could see one teenager pregnant outside of marriage. And I'll guarantee I'd keep my britches on. I mean, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know I just don't pay. And you say, well, I don't know how to do that. Come to me and I'll help you. I don't have to be a rocket scientist to know. I don't understand why people dilly-dally around on the internet and looking at the wrong kind of pictures don't understand that leads to diversity. It leads to a hurting wife. It leads to a split home. It leads to perversion. And it leads to addiction. I mean, just what do we have to do Dull of hearing. I preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. Brains of dynamite, you wouldn't have enough to blow your nose. How long does it take people to understand that social diseases, booze turns into alcoholics, it kills your liver. It kills you, you're a walking dead man. And you don't have the ear to just hear plain old common stuff. Answer my phone sometime and listen to what's on the other side. And listen to them cry, grown men, staunch men. Listen to them cry about not listening and about making mistakes and about doing that which I've warned them about. Dull of hearing. What an awesome responsibility we have. Blind in seeing. (laughs) You know. Blind. Notice verse 27. Their ears have, their eyes have they closed lest they should see with their eyes? Jesus said, it's better go to hell with one eye. Have two eyes. Enter into something you can't get out of. Come on, that ain't time to pray. I'll give you guys a relief. I'll get over here a minute. (laughs) And you know I'm telling you the truth. We have an awesome responsibility of sharing the truth with with throngs of folk around us. And, And notice, if you please, old Paul had a terrible job. The Bible said not only was there hearing dull, they're blind, did not see, but notice their heart. Was waxed. Notice what's the word? Gross. Kids. 
Has anybody ever said to you, that's gross? Has anybody ever told you? Do they say it? <laughs> that's gross. No, that is gross. That stinks. That polecat bait. Gross. Their heart had become so filthy that everything that came to fruition was defined as gross. Paul must have been preaching to television folk and the Baptist folk. But notice, if you would please, Paul says, our job is not easy, but notice things that, that are about our awesome responsibility. If you just turn in your Bible, maybe one page, to Romans chapter 1, and the author is the same guy that's in jail. He's the same guy that God told him, ears that would not hear, eyes that would not see, heart that was dirty than the bottom side of a garbage can, and that's who I want you to preach to. That's who I want you to reach for Christ. That's who I want you to go and knock on their doors and invite them to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the crowd that I want you to go see. And so in chapter 1 and verse number 14, Paul said, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. No, sir. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, he's not talking to the lowdown and, and disputed and defeated uh, rulers. And uh, he's talking to powerful Rome. He's talking to military might. He's speaking to education, educated folks. He's preaching to those that, that are high in the art realms and the theological realms. And he's preaching and he said, hey, look, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. And watch me tear Rome upside down for Christ. Well, we need some of that kind of, some of that kind of preaching. Some of that kind of thinking. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Do you like that? To those who are dull hearing, those who are blind seeing, those whose heart had been turned turn gross. All you have to do is believe the gospel and all that get fixed up. Straightened out, buddy, immediately. Verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith, it is written, the just shall live by faith. Notice Paul says one thing. You've probably heard sermons on it. It's an easy outline. Paul said there is a debt that needed to be paid. Romans 1.14 I am a debtor. Did you know tonight that you are indebted to the folk that bought that seat before you got here? Do you know you are indebted to some folks that's not even here any longer? Some of us checked out here and checked into heaven. You know, you're really, we're indebted tonight to all the folks who's kept the doors of Baptist churches open throughout the years. Whether they be Southern Baptist, whether it be Northern Baptist, American Baptist, 
Independent Baptist, whatever you want to say, if you go to any town in America, somewhere there'll be a First Baptist Church. And more than likely, it'll be a Southern Baptist Church. And the Southern Baptists did a great job for a long time and maybe still doing a great job. I want you to know tonight we are debtors to those who have blazed the trail, who have preached the gospel, kept the doctrine pure, kept churches open, and kept evangelism going. Thank God we are indebted to somebody and we need to pay our debt to society and to God. Now, I want to help you a little bit. Are you ready for me to help you a little bit? I'm not talking about buildings. I'm not talking about pews. Now, Billy, he made this for me so I wouldn't fall off of here. But Billy didn't do this to get recognition. Billy did this because he loved God. Are you listening? But Billy ain't the only one that's done something in this building. This is not my church. It's not Billy's church. It's not the Hayes' church. It's not the Quick's church. It's God's church. And don't you ever forget that. It is God's church. It is here not to bring honor to man. It is here to bring honor to glory to God. It is not here to soothe you or pacify you or to make you happy. It's here to reach people for Jesus Christ and disciple them and to teach them to go make disciples also. And you latecomers, it's just as much your church as at anybody else's. You're just as important as anybody else. You folks that got saved this morning and baptized this morning, you are just as good and just as important and just as uh, vibrant to God as anybody else in this church. Can we say amen to that? If you can't say amen, just grunt. Don't make no difference to me. But we're debtors. Paul said, I am a debtor. Verse 1, he's a debtor to Jesus Christ. Read it if you would, please. He said, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul was a debtor to Jesus Christ. Which one of us tonight are not a debtor to Jesus Christ? Which one of us saved ourselves? Which one of us poured our blood on our life and saved ourselves? Which one of us, bless your heart, hung on a cross? Which one of us? No, we all owe it to Jesus Christ. And he is to receive the honor and the glory. And not a one of us tonight are not in debt deeply to Jesus Christ. In verse number 8, Paul said, I'm a debtor to Christians before. Verse number 8, he said, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. A southern boy. Notice he didn't say Ewans. You all. He said, I thank God for you all. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Paul said, if you folks hadn't have been there, if you folks hadn't have sent the gospel, if you folks hadn't been there, I wouldn't have got saved. I'd still be persecuting the church. I'd still be a, in Judaism. I'd still be called Dr. Paul. Instead, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. He has a debtor to Jesus. He was a debtor to his Christian friends. I don't know who invited you. I don't know who sat down with the Bible and told you that Jesus loves you. But you're in deep debt to somebody. You may not realize it now. But about 10 seconds after your feet hits the streets of gold. And you dig your toenails into pure gold so pure it is crystal clear. And you take a trip down Hallelujah Boulevard and move into your mansion. You'll say, I hadn't been for old so-and-so. I wouldn't be here. And we'll hear a shout. 
and a hallelujah, praise God, a debtor. Yes, sir. We are a debtor to everyone. The gospel is for all people. For these kids on the front row. Well, the kids don't pay the bills. Well, since you know that, why don't you give more next week? Kind of help override that deal. (laughs) If you know 200 kids don't pay bills, then maybe you could triple or double yours next week. Help some of the kids out. No, God pays the bills. I, I just believe that. You say, well, God uses people. Aren't you glad he does? Because let me tell you something. If you're giving 10%, ain't God good to let you have 90? You know, he can turn that around. <laughs> if, you, if you think you can't, you just start living on 10% a while, you'll start tithing again. We're debtor. Paul said, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor to everyone. We're in debt to God. We're in debt to other Christians. Uh, I, I sure appreciate the sacrifice of folk at this church throughout the years. I don't know why. It seemed like God moved somebody in. To get us from point A to point B. And for some reason or another, God moves somebody else in to get us point C to point D. The Cornegays, Miss Cornegays' dad, before he went to be with the Lord, retired airline pilot, bought. Five buses. I think it's pictures over in that hall over there. He gave us a mutual fund. I didn't even know what the things were. I think it's worth about $70,000 when he gave it. And I watched the stock market. Every morning I'd see how it was doing. I got so lined up on that stock market. I forgot all about God was the one that can control it. So I just told Ginger to sell it for 96000 The next week it crashed. But God, we're in debt to a lot of folk around here. A friend of mine told me to drop by his office one morning. And I did. And there was a handwritten check for a quarter of a million dollars made out to your church. Not even a member of your church. And it didn't bounce. <laughs> My church? Your church? Billy's church? Jim's church? No. His church. He's the boss. I'm glad of that, aren't you? We're, a, we're, we're debtors to a lot of folk. We just need to realize that. This thing just didn't happen. Our music program is not an accident. Brother Pickett has worked diligent over the years. His only fault is he won't let me sing. And you will thank him for that. Billy worked with our choir for years. Did a great job with our choir. When his hearing began to leave, uh, Billy realized that and and retired. Uh, We're in debt to a lot of folk around here. Jerry Cornegay. We just, I want you to know, well, I'm going to leave. Well, don't let the door hit you in the fanny. Because you'll be the one that loses when you do. Now, listen to me. I'm not leaving. 
I kind of like it here. And not you or your army or the devil's imps can make me leave because this is God's place for me. And if you don't feel that way, hit it, man. Is there anybody here? I lost my amens. Well, if somebody leaves, I'm leaving. Well, you don't have to tell nobody. Well, you need to beg. I ain't begging nobody to do nothing except God. You got that right? I know what's going on around here. You need to realize this thing didn't happen overnight. And there's been sacrifice and sacrifice after sacrifice. And what's wrong around here that nobody feels any debt to anybody else. You just showed up and you're free to do anything you want to do. Well, I can't. I've got a debt to pay. It's pretty good, ain't it? Especially on missions night. Paul said, not only do I have a debt, look at the second thing. He said, I'm ready. Are you ready? What are you ready for? He said, I'm ready to preach the gospel to them that are at Rome. Amen? Amen. I am ready. I recognize my awesome spiritual debt. And I'm ready. No half-heartedness. As much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel wherever the door is opened. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Bless your heart. Paul wasn't ready to give an excuse. He wasn't ready to keep the tithe for himself. He wasn't ready to prostitute that which God had given him in this old world. He just ready, buddy, to preach the gospel. Now, here's something you need to jot down, if you would, please. Paul was flexible for the opportunities that came his way. The question is, are you flexible to do God's will when God's will arrives? Well, I've got a job. Oh, really? I've got opportunity. Oh, really? Then you're not ready. No, you're not ready. Ready means God arranges the appointments. And God arranges the date. And God arranges the time. And we say, yes, sir. I'll do it. If I don't have to work. I mean... I thought that was a good point, but it kind of fell someplace between here and yonder. You don't understand, preacher. I've got my plans. And we have obligations. Uh, we have opportunities. And, and we have jobs. And you don't understand. I can smell the alcohol burning. I know the fish is biting. No, the problem is you're not ready because God's got to work around your schedule and my schedule. Come on now. I I need, I need an amen. Amen, amen, amen. God has got to work around. Paul said, I am a debtor. And I am ready as much as in me is, whatever comes my way for Christ, I will do it. I will adjust my schedule to fit God's schedule because one day you're not going to have a schedule. That's what's called a disciple. That's what's called a follower of Jesus Christ. 
That's what's called. That's what, that's what happened the other day when God reached down and called uh, Brian Cohn to the mission field. And he was on staff here for five years and he wasn't doing anything, getting paid for it. Don't tell him I said that. And he had it made, man. He had it made. But Brian thought there's something better than having it made. He thought maybe it would be good to just do what God said. Is anybody here tonight? Oh, I lost my amens. Well, let's go on because I don't want to make anybody mad. Oh, not only was he flexible, Paul was fearless. He wasn't afraid to go to Rome to preach. Uh, he, he wasn't worried about the jail. Uh, he wasn't worried about incarceration. He wasn't worried about getting his head cut off. He wasn't worried about being martyred. He said, none of those things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself that I might finish my course with joy and finish the ministry that God has called. Where are those folks who do not care what the world thinks but only cares what God thinks? Where is that crowd? Did they all die with Paul? He was, he was adjustable. He was flexible. And he was fearless. I like, I'm going to close because the ice cream's getting soft. I like what the young African pastor wrote concerning his faith. Now, I know most of you have heard it. I wish it was original, but it's not. In reference to being ready, the African pastor wrote, I am a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future secure. I'm finished and done with low living Sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tanning visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I don't know about you. I wish I'd have wrote that. I can't even read it. I no longer need the preeminence. I no longer need prosperity, position, promotions, platitudes, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, lifted by prayer, and labor by power. <laughs> I hope he don't even know I'm reading this. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way rough, my companions few, my guide is reliable, my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or hesitant in his presence of the adversity. I do not negotiate at the table of the enemy Ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till I, till all know and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no trouble recognizing me. My banner will be clear. Did you get that? Some of you folk look mad and not ready. Now if you're getting ready to whoop me, you better get your track shoes on. Because I still think the best art of self-defense is running. <laughs> Come on now, cheer up. 
Loosen up. I ain't just preaching to you. I've got a church full of folk. You think you're the only one mad at me? The problem is, we're kidding ourselves. If we're not adjustable, we're not usable. If God's design and God's schedule revolves around us, we're not usable. Kind of like the old farmer said, preacher, I'll serve God when I get my crops laid by. He somehow or another never get them laid by. Let me close now. There's a direction to be pursued. Here's the direction to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That encompasses everybody in the world. That's the little bus kids that nobody cares about. That's about the Muslims who we have no have no right to hate. We can hate their religion. We can hate their doctrine. But without Christ, they're going to spend hell in eternity. We don't need to be throwing rocks at the Mormons. We need to be throwing the gospel their way. We're not segregationists. We're not separatists. We believe the gospel is for everybody. Even those who are mad at me right now. Isn't it amazing? Christians come to church want to get preached to. When they get preached to, they get mad at the preacher because he preached to them. Maybe your ticket ought to cost double since you got what you wanted and didn't want what you got. (laughs) It encompasses all people. All languages, all nationalities. You see, missions is a passion more than a program. Missions is a motivational urge more than it is a method. Missions is a fire burning in your soul. Missions is a Henry Martin graduating at Cambridge, the highest honors, and leaving England, selling to India, and said, here I, am, here I am, Lord. Send me to the ends of the earth. Listen, send me where it is not comfortable. Missions is Jim Elliott going to the Aka Indians in Ecuador and saying, he is no fool who gives away what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Missions is C.P. Studd saying, some want to live within the sound of a church or a chapel bell. I want to live right close to the door to hell. Snatching folks out. Missions is born out of a sense of indebtedness. I'd feel ashamed if we didn't send missionaries around the world. I'd be embarrassed to pray if I didn't send buses to little boys and girls. Who no other way can get to the church. James Scott. Passed his orals of the day. That means he sat down before two professors. And for two hours or so. They fired questions at him. From all areas of the word of God. And James had to answer those questions. With a Bible reference. 
and usually quote the verse. And for two hours, they did that to James. Well, James is one of your bus kids. James's parents don't come here. But James is going to walk across the stage, graduate from Bible college, because maybe you bought some fuel, or you drove a bus, or you prayed for a bus worker. You see, missions is from an indebtedness. Because of indebtedness, there comes commitment. I just feel committed to Joshua. I believe Joshua needs a soul-winning, old-fashioned, Bible-believing, hell-preaching, hell-shunning, heaven-going Baptist church. I'm sorry if you won't polish. You'll just have to go somewhere else. If you want a facade, you just go someplace else. Around here, we're going to preach Christ and not apologize for it. Amen. I'm going to call and commission and make you feel indebted to do the same thing. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. How would you like to have been sitting and watching Fanny Crosby scribble as she writes, rescue the perishing? She couldn't see. She was blind all of her life. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Weep or the airy one. Lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Do you know anybody that needs that message? That's what missions is all about. You're a debtor. You need to get ready. Wherever you go, preach the gospel. Amen. Brian stood up here a little while ago. And he sat behind a desk and asked that young man, do you know this guy? 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 This guy came because of the buses. This guy came because of the buses. This guy came because of the buses. Hey, Luke, stand up. Brian came because of Luke. Luke filled up a whole bus full of athletes and sinners one time. And brought them to a youth program. And now the principal of our school. Is a bus kid. You feel indebted to do any of that? 